0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Syrupcast. My name is Daniel Bader, and I am joined this week and most weeks by the one, the only Douglas Soltis. How are you, sir? Banana boat emoji. Yeah, although it's not really an emoji.
1: Uh, two emojis. Where? Emoji I don't synergy. see them.
0: Okay. Can we talk for a second about Slack React emojis, React emojis? What? How do you pronounce them? I
1: don't know, but I know you have to be a Slack developer. Like, why can't Slack just make like a, a, a toolbar? Like, a, where's the drag and drop emoji integration that I want? No,
0: you can. They, they put it in yesterday. Oh, yeah, you were busy yesterday. You don't know any of this. Yeah. Um, they, added, they added reaction emojis. So you can actually, like, click on the little cog next to a, a message and add a reaction emoji to every, every message. It's, uh, it's amazing, it's life changing.
1: Oh, add a reaction. Okay, I thought Slack developers had to integrate this.
0: No, 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 no. It's all. It's all oh, available to it. everybody.
1: Oh, sweet. So I can basically plus one. You can upvote <laughs> Slack comments now. Great.
0: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Because we needed more ways to not do work at work.
0: So this week uh, we got a bit of a grab bag. We're kind of in the summer doldrums, so, uh, so we're, we're just, just gonna go through. This I is mean, a it's a beautiful busy day week. outside. No, no, totally, but it's it's mostly, like, news. There's not a lot of, like, hardware reviews and stuff. Mm, yeah. Um, we do have a few reports from uh, the information that the next Nexus will be made from Huawei. This corroborates a lot of other rumors that we've heard, but I think we're getting close to the point where we can safely say that at least one of the Nexus devices for 2015 will be made from Huawei. What do you think? Do you care? Does it matter? Is it a good thing? Huawei makes some decent devices. Uh, we got some uh, rumors coming out of Samsung, Samsung Camp, Korea Camp, that uh, the <laughs> Galaxy Note 5 will be here earlier than expected. Why? Well, a certain fruit company is influencing the industry more so than ever. Uh, we have a new roaming plan by T-Mobile that kind of puts Roger's Roam-like home to shame. Uh, not in a terrible way. It's just that no. they don't charge anything.
1: No, 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 Game of Thrones, Shame. 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 Uh,
0: Google and BlackBerry are partnering on Android for Work to make it easier for Bez 12 admins to integrate its services on Android. Can Android be ever recognized as that secure OS that people want it to be? I think this is a good start. We'll talk a little bit about the iOS 9 public beta and the second Android M technical preview. And if we have some time over, we'll talk a little basketball. This is SyrupCast. All right, Douglas, let's start with the Nexus. The Nexus is one of those lines that everybody kind of loves, but never really sells in high volume. Mm-hmm. Um, the next Nexus, the Nexus, whatever device, whatever the device is called this year, um, it will be... Probably one of the most anticipated devices of the year, largely because the Nexus 6 was so disappointing. And not in a, you know, not in a bad product way, but just it it didn't go with the expectations of what people think of a Nexus phone, right? It wasn't cheap. It wasn't cheap, and it wasn't small, and it wasn't... it It just wasn't accessible, you know? So what does this year's Nexus phone need? Does it need to just be a smaller version of the Nexus Six, or well, that was the Moto X, or does it need to be like a redux of the Nexus Five with better specs? Like, well, so that's it. you just you just
1: kind of stumbled upon it there. Like, with the the last generation Nexus was caught between, you know, Motorola was already making what people would have expected from a new Nexus with their with the Moto X, so they just made a bigger version of that phone. Um, the Huawei? Huawei? Huawei. Huawei? Huawei. The Huawei rumor is interesting because what do we predominantly know them for? Making mid range to mid high end phones uh, that are really well built and exciting, but maybe not so much liking the OS, right? So this could yep. be kind of a, a rollback to a traditional Nexus scenario or, you know, really exciting to people. Uh, who might be interested in checking out one of their phones, but want the sweet stock goodness. Um, right. So I'm, I'm excited by it. But I, I don't know... The cost thing is interesting because I don't know if what how Google is going to respond to that, right? Because I've always argued that they've used Nexus as a way to keep the OEMs in line and provide a platonic ideal Android experience. Uh, and then they tried to... Or they sold that at a, a traditional smartphone price, and it didn't exactly hit in the way that previous had. But I, I think that's because without any marketing, without any branding, the only people buying this are the like the Android heads who want that stock experience at a at a at the right price. And you, it's it's just a simple fact that to move to move units, you need marketing,
0: right? Yeah. Yeah, and Huawei's never really been. The U.S. government wants nothing to do with Huawei's network uh, uh, equipment, so they've never really had a big presence in the U.S. They mm-hmm. have an R and D center in Canada. Uh, they've got they've done a ton of marketing here. They have some relationships with the carriers, so Canadians are more familiar with Huawei smartphones than people in the U.S. And Huawei's white labeled a few devices there, but they've never really kind of gotten the recognition that they have in other parts of the world and i mean considering that huawei is one of the biggest manufacturers of smartphones in the world you know they they sell like 50 to 60 million units of smartphones a quarter but that's mostly in china so mm-hmm. you know whereas you you have companies like um apple that sell everywhere and samsung that sell everywhere huawei is still very much localized to the uh, Asia Pacific region. Um, do you do you, and- you think
1: that this is like a really s- smart way for them to kind of introduce themselves more more firmly in the in the North American market to build out those carrier relationships and start selling here? Like, I guess or or I- to get a consumer uh, like because if you don't have the carrier relationships, customers won't know about you. But if you make the Nexus device for Google, people will know who's making it. So your future devices, it might be like you'll have a customer base that you could possibly sell to as you develop those carrier relationships
0: yeah no i agree with you 100 percent. i think that there's something to be said for um you know kind of uh, stealth marketing and this is the best kind of stealth marketing that huawei could could do they're not marketing their own phone they're relying on google to do it for them mm-hmm. the nexus phone is partially you know it's something that um is always co-branded, right? So you have a Nexus logo and you'll have the OEM's logo on the device. Google does a lot of the heavy lifting. They distribute it on their store. They obviously will um, work with the carriers to get those phones on the shelves. So, you know, not every Nexus phone has the same distribution as, say, like a high-end Samsung or HTC. But at least in Canada, you'll always see rogers bell telus sell the latest nexus Mm -hmm. um and they'll also make it available on the google store unlocked so you know you have this dichotomy where huawei is really pushing to try to find a way to get north americans to understand what they're doing Um, and i was in i was in uh, barcelona at mobile world congress when they unveiled the Huawei watch which is the you know the company's first android wear smartwatch the huawei yeah, the, the huawei yeah and it was a great it's a great piece of hardware and they did a good job with it but what struck me was that it was such the the device part of that business is so small like minuscule compared to the network side the um you know the small cell LTE strategy for a city like huawei will if i'm the city of toronto and i I want to install wi-fi in all of the street lamps i'll go to a company like huawei and i'll say i need you to give me an overview of how you're going to install this and they'll say okay well we're going to install small cell routers here antennas here we can add lte connectivity here so if you want to bolster your your network at the same time as install Wi Fi. They do airport wi like they do everything. Any possible like network rollout Drake Huawei I, is the master.
1: ACC, gotta get those tweets out. But okay, so uh we get why this is good for them as a getting the foot in the door in the North American market. Why would Google choose them? Is it is there a reciprocal relationship internationally there? Or like do are they just running through the list like What has been traditionally Google's evaluation process for choosing an OEM to build a Nexus device?
0: You know, I mean, they've been very opaque about the selection process over the years. So it's really difficult to say how a company will get selected. For example, Samsung did two Nexus phones. LG did two Nexus phones. Motorola's done one. HTC's done one. But they've also done a tablet. So an Asus has done a tablet but no phones, right? So we have... We have this sort of like, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll partner with the company that makes sense in the moment. LG was coming up mm-hmm. on its you know, biggest... They were also kind of this nascent Android manufacturer looking for its big break. And they worked with, with Google to co-market its, the, G, the um, Optimus G and the Nexus 4 at the same time. And then with the Nexus 5 and the G3, that came out around the same time. So you know, we have this you know, dual benefit. But at the same time, Apple is eating Android's lunch in China. I mean, China is obviously, like, it's a very different market. Um, Google Play services do not exist in China. They just don't work there. Apple has had to really push to get the iPhone into China, and it's doing a great job. You know, it's it's developed a custom SKU that work under the Chinese networks. It's developed a version of the of the App Store that is, you know, seriously... Um, censored, but it but they have been selling gangbusters there. Companies like Xiaomi and or Xiaomi and uh, you know Lenovo, ZTE, those are the Android OEMs in China that do great work, but they don't have any connection with Google. Google just does not have mm. its own presence, even though Android rules China. Google doesn't really do anything to to help it. Also, so don't they I try think- to
1: make their OSs look like iOS? Like they well, try to make their that's Android what,
0: skins. Yeah, that that's what um uh Xiaomi's done with Mi UI, right? It's mm-hmm. uh it's basically just a clone of until recently at least it was a clone of iOS using Android. But um you know, more to the point, what I've heard is that the um the partnership with, with Huawei over the Nexus is also gonna help Google launch a self branded app store in China. Mm. So I think that's probably why they're trying to get in bed with Xiaomi, or with uh, Huawei, at least right now.
1: Okay, this is this might be a good point to mention that anyone tuning into this can post a question and ask us, or post comments if we have questions, and answer uh, our unknowns uh, using this wonderful Google Hangouts technology we have.
0: I don't think anybody wants to do that right now. We no. only have a couple of viewers, but... Don't be shy, guys. Don't be a I mean, shy guy. The the other thing, though, is that does anybody other... Like, it's such a inside baseball thing to even give a shit about the Nexus, right? You know, the Nexus phone hasn't... Even though it's been relatively popular from... Like, I see Nexus 5s all the time because they were cheap and they worked really well. Yep. But I haven't seen many Nexus 6s because why would you choose... A Nexus 6 over a Samsung or an HTC or an LG.
1: Well, because yeah, because the whole thing was it's easier to get. uh, the The difference between stock Android experience and like OEM Android experience has moved ever closer. Um, And if you're not getting that super cheap price, like the only people that I knew that would buy a Nexus device were people who work in tech in some way. Or developers, right? Because that's, that's what they knew. They could just order it online, get it. Like, You don't see the the common folk using it. So its, it's impact on, say, the uh, smartphone industry as a market share thing is not significant. But its impact on as a benchmark for where Android is and where Android's going is fairly significant. Exactly. Because it's, it's often the device... In addition to, say, Samsung's latest Galaxy release, that is put contra uh, the iPhone. So it's it's important in the sense it's like usually this is the best that you know that that Android can do from the OEM and then from the the stock perspective. Um, But in terms of just market share numbers,
0: no. But does it? I mean, it shouldn't matter that the Nexus line. I mean, using that logic, it shouldn't matter that the Nexus line has zero market share, you know? Yeah, well... If they sell a million Nexus phones, but, you know, 20% of them are developers, then they've done their job.
1: Yeah. Leader sets the pace, and if if that's what they're, they're using, you know, it'd be great... You know, we talk about this all the time, about, like, OS fragmentation and device fragmentation on Android, you know? I think if everyone... If every Android user was using a Nexus device and maybe the, the flagship OEM devices, the, they would have much better experiences on Android. But that's not, that's not the case, right? So I, I think it's interesting because, you know, in terms of beyond consumer experience, we're tracking this of how, how Android as an a ecosystem can be changing. And this is a, this is a, a significant lateral shift. But we won't sure. see it
0: play out until, you know, this time next year. But we also have heard that there may be two Nexus phones this year. Now that seems to be less and less of a um, of a rumor. You know, I I think that we're hearing. You know, LG was supposed to make a larger Nexus, and HTC was supposed to, or um, Huawei is supposed to make a smaller one. But we're not sure whether that's actually going to be the case. Um, You know, there's for sure going to be at least one Nexus phone. It sounds like it's going to be from Huawei, and you know, there's that possibility at least from you know my perspective if they did release a second nexus um you know would it would it need to be the sort of iphone 6 plus to the you know regular nexus iphone 6 like does that even matter
1: well i think we've reached a point where there is two divergent phone experiences and one is like you know A regular phone size and the other is like the super phone size like we're 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 out of the hysteria of the phone the next phone has to be a little bit bigger to be better and there are now two general um aspect ratios and sizes that that people desire so having two nexus versions of that kind of makes sense but you know a lot of a lot of the Performance considerations and like identity and choices that we talk about a lot with devices would be purely on the hardware side. Um, so it would be interesting to see how those devices would differ, especially if they're coming from two different manufacturers. You know, like what, like the difference between, say, uh, the Galaxy S6 and then the, the Note, like they're, they're designed in relation to each other, and same with the iPhone 6 and the 6 Plus. But if you have two manufacturers making Nexus devices, one big and then one biggie smalls, (laughs) like what if what if one's just vastly superior to the other, but it's more expensive because it's 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 gets it makes things more interesting. Right.
0: Um, So, yeah, I thought about that a lot with the iPhone six and six plus. Right. Like there were only a handful of substantive differences between the two devices other than the size. You know, the, the with the larger size came a higher screen resolution. Fair enough. They also added optical image stabilization to the camera. Um, but, you know, there was a $100 price difference between the two, right? There wasn't a whole lot of price difference, whereas the whole idea of a Nexus device has heretofore been about affordability. Yep. So if we have, you know, a 5-inch refresh Nexus 5 at 350 and then a 6-inch or 5.7-inch Nexus 6, you know refresh at 700 like the nexus 6 was this year then i don't see the purpose you know it's not like it's a it's a it's a regular and a plus it's like those are completely different products because one is clearly you know we we don't i don't like to use the word subsidized because it's not google subsidizing the phone but at the same time, they're certainly taking less of a margin or they're asking the OEM to take less of a margin yeah, on this they don't phone. Yeah,
1: they don't need to make money off of it. They, if they break even, it's fine. It serves their, their agenda, right? Um, and that's right. But, you know, we talk, we talk about uh, Android and Google a lot, being really concerned about making sure, you know, if they're connecting that next two billion people, that the devices have to be even cheaper, right? right? And, and they've done
0: that with Android One. Android One has... Uh, been slowly rolling out over, you know, the Asia, India. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they just launched in Pakistan. They launched in Turkey. They have a few phones right now in India and in Indonesia. I mean, these are good devices that cost less than 150 US dollars. Yeah. And you know why? So why they're doing that is to make sure
1: that it's not only there's Android penetration there, but it's Android penetration with Google services.
0: No, it's, it's, it's I call it the shit phone revolution there have been hundreds of millions of android phones released that are just pieces of shit they don't work properly they're not supported they are by manufacturers who churn out these commoditized pieces of plastic and call them smartphones and they happen to run android because it's free yeah and that is not a solution to the increasingly important Ple- presence and placement of Google services as you said correctly um in these developing nations. Yeah. Now the Nexus phone hasn't really been targeted to developing nations a- until now, right? Totally not. They've right. been sequestered to Europe um you know and and North America and that makes sense because a $400 phone even though it's relatively inexpensive from a developed world perspective is still twice or three times the price that many people in India and Pakistan and Indonesia are willing to pay. That's just the reality. So the idea of Google refocusing and doubling down on the Nexus as an inexpensive gateway to stock Android, I think is important. It's an important way to push the message that Android is both powerful and accessible, right? And, And not only that, that it's it allows developers. That's the problem. Is that the Nexus has has always been about making it easy for developers to make great Android phones, make an, great Android apps. And if developers are not willing to spend seven hundred dollars on a Nexus Six, which many of them aren't and haven't, then we have a whole generation of developers that have skipped the latest and greatest from Google. Totally.
1: But I think the bigger problem is that there's a whole generation of people totally not using Lollipop. <laughs> but right, th- that's a bigger problem. But I understand that it's it's for developers to give them the, the schematic for them to kind of experience that. So uh, we have two comments from uh, Candido Naguera. I'm sorry, man. I'm really sorry, Naguera. Naguera. But there's an I, I don't in know. There. I, I, we're I know. we're really sorry if you're with yeah, That just yeah. So we're gonna. But uh, so he says if Google introduced the Nexus Six at the price of the Nexus Five, uh, three ninety nine Canadian, it would have sold a lot more. The size issue would not have been an issue, in my opinion. I own a Nexus 5 and 6 and love both devices. And then speaking of the next Nexuses, the next Nexuses, uh, it all boils down to price if two Nexuses devices are, are introduced later this year. I agree with most of that, but on the second point, it's price, but it's also experience if they're made by two different manufacturers. Like, who knows? If, if they're, are they working in conjunction? Have they been given uh, instructions by Google as to what types of devices those are supposed to be? It's all very interesting. But thank you yeah, for your
0: comments. We we don't know this process. Like we were just saying, we don't know the process that goes into Google selecting an OEM for Nexus mm-hmm. uh, you know development. But I'm guessing that it's you know you scratch my back, I'll str- scratch yours type of scenario. So, you know, clearly the LGs and Samsung's and HTC's don't make a lot of money off these products, right? Because they mm-hmm. don't sell in great volume. But there must be something these companies gain from being a preferred Android partner, you know, and clearly they're not. Nobody other than Samsung is making much money from the Android ecosystem. Yeah, so oh, but
1: no, it's okay. So in it beyond whatever they might get a percentage of device sales or whatever, but they get it. They get a stack of cash, right? Like,
0: I don't get, know. They get I mean, higher. They're so getting. To, they're making the hardware, so clearly they're making the money from like they're making the 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 hardware margins. But yeah. the issue is. They're not selling in volume. So for, they're no, only selling... I'm saying in
1: addition to the agreement, there's probably something where they get paid to be the Nexus. Not jo- just for every device sold. Like
0: I don't know. I think it's the other way around. I don't think Google pays anybody. I think these companies, if anything, are paying Google boatloads of cash to be no, in the Nexus program. No. Don't believe it for a second. Because I, I mean,
1: they would be a losing proposition because there's no way that they make... Like, on the margins and the, the uh, amount of devices sold... There is no reason for anyone to do that. Unless, like, Motorola is saying, like, we're literally just going to make a slightly larger Moto X. There, Yeah, there's... Google has to be paying these people to do it for them. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I think it's a virtuous cycle. No. Disagree. But we should investigate. Um, I'm going to make a bold prediction right now. 2016, BlackBerry will make... <laughs>
0: <laughs> the Nexus, whatever that is. Oh, man. You heard it here first. Okay, let's let's Remember talk people. about that. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about how over the past couple of weeks we've seen BlackBerry increasingly get into bed with Google and Samsung, right? So, whether that means that BlackBerry is actually going to release a, an Android phone remains to be seen. We've seen a couple of leaked renders by ev leaks evan blasts who gave us a lot of really credible stuff over the years but he's also given us some very uncredible stuff (laughs) uh namely the htc1 m9 leak earlier this year that everybody thought was going to be you know the hotness and it wasn't anything close to what it looked like so you know we we have to take the good with the bad that said we do know and it's been corroborated that BlackBerry has at least been working with Google on a couple mm-hmm. of things. For example, they've rolled out a partnership with uh Android at work and Bez Twelve. So Bez Twelve on the Blackberry side can now more um you know, more easily control Android devices in the mm-hmm. enterprise. I can't say for certain whether that's a good thing, right? I mean BlackBerry is a small but important part of the, um, you know, MDM ecosystem. Right, the BYOD mm-hmm. ecosystem is becoming more important. People want to use their home phones. The whole idea of Android at work is that you compartmentalize your personal phone into personal and work sections. So you have, uh, you know, a set of personal mm-hmm. apps, and then internally the phone is split, and then you get a set of business apps. And when you're in the business app section or the work app section those apps do not talk and don't do not share information with your personal apps so should your phone get stolen or hacked those business apps that may have you know schematics for the next big project at your company that is remotely deletable it will never impact the personal stuff and those two live in you know separate harmony so no you know, I think so that's it, important. It goes I think beyond that
1: even where it's not even if, it, if a device gets stolen or hacked. It's about uh, – so in, in government or certain types of enterprise scenarios, if information can't legally transfer across a border, knowing where the device is and having access remotely to that information is a is a real thing, especially in, in legal and government scenarios. But, uh, but So going back, because you, you're saying you, you can't say this is a good thing. I can definitely say it's a good thing. And we have to step back to – where Google is with Android. Uh, internationally, in emerging markets, they are fighting a battle to get uh, low-end, entry-level handsets out with Google services to onboard a new generation of people to Google services to have their data, to be able to sell them ads eventually. In the Western world, the, uh, the emerged markets, their uh, penetration and growth is going to come from enterprise. So broadly, they've been fighting this perception that uh, of all the operating systems, Android is the least secure, most vulnerable, and not ready for business. So hence Android for Work, which was essentially a portfolio of partners uh, across a bunch of different stacks. Uh, let's see here. What was it? Uh, management, devices, applications, and networking, basically promoting that these, that these are uh, partners in making... Android-ready for enterprise. Um, That relationship is extended with BlackBerry, uh, who for them strategically, in an effort to generate revenue anywhere, have unbundled all their services from the BlackBerry OS and going cross-platform to, uh, I guess, more thoroughly promote uh, their BES system, enterprise mobility management on, on Android. So they signed agreements with Samsung uh, they were part of the Android for Work bundle, and it looks like they're getting closer with Google on this. Uh, so that for them, for BlackBerry, Google is basically like a reseller promoting Bes 12 installs, which BlackBerry makes money on, right? Uh, BlackBerry totally. also uh, what was it? It was right after the Android Work for Work announcement. Uh, BlackBerry announced the cross-platform uh, Experience Suite for iOS, Android, and Windows, which is basically all the core BlackBerry 10 components. Can be, can be had on any mobile platform um, for that work-life balance that you so accurately described. So I think that this is um, – it works for Google and it works for BlackBerry. And it works in a specific way that a Google-Samsung enterprise relationship doesn't because Google doesn't necessarily want Samsung to be in control of Android. And Samsung really wants to be its own platform, right? So partnering with someone like Google that has really no uh, horse in the race when it comes to owning a a platform uh, and actually probably has more uh, enterprise and security bona fides than uh, Samsung makes sense. And Google can't partner with Microsoft because they're a competitor on a lot of different levels, right? So BlackBerry makes a lot of sense, which leads me... To make my bold prediction that, say, maybe not 2017, let's say within the next three years, BlackBerry will make a Nexus device. And it will be. Because all BlackBerry has ever done is made mid to high range phones that are moderately affordable. And running Android, I think that might sell like. That would certainly sell better than any BlackBerry released after
0: the ninety nine hundred. Alright. So I'm gonna I'm gonna stake my claim. I'm gonna put my my uh, foot in the in the You're sand. Your foot in the sand. Um, hit my gavel whatever whatever hit your gavel in the sand you with your foot abuse here. I will bet you a hundred dollars, Canadian, that BlackBerry will never create a Nexus phone. Never Never? Okay, I'll take that bet. I'll take never. that bet. Alright. Deal. You seen it here first, people. What's up, Evan Hindra? Nice to Evan see you. Evan Hindra man.
1: saying Android One isn't working out in Indonesia, by the way. Speaking of emerging market, yeah. Because yeah, so it's it's not necessarily working out, but it's something that Google is really trying to address. And maybe it's not going to be Android One, but it could be Project Ara. It's Aura, right? Or is it which one's Tango? Tango and Ara? Ara is the modular phones.
0: No, is the modular yeah. one. Which is Ara is Launching in Puerto Rico later this year, which is very cool. Um, I saw a, a, a demo of Project ARA at Google I.O. this year, and it was, yeah, I mean, it's really useful um, to have the ability to to swap out parts of a phone. You know, say one part fails, one part, you know, you need to augment your existing hardware with a bit more oomph. You need a better battery, a, a sharper mm-hmm. camera, whatever. You just replace that module with a better version. And there he goes. But the the real issue, um, going back to Android One, is that there isn't. It's the same issue that the Nexus line has had making a you know a jump into the mainstream. The value proposition of a stock Android phone just isn't immediately apparent to the majority of buyers, right? Because The majority of buyers go through the carrier ecosystem, and as much as people understand Google as a search company, I don't think they quite understand Google or Android as a Google product, nor do I think they understand why one would choose a Nexus phone over, say, a Galaxy or... You know another name yeah, brand. people don't Android think. Of, OEM I, I agree phone.
1: with that, but people don't think of it like that. Def, people definitely don't think of Android as a Google pro- product necessarily, and often they don't even really think of Android. They think of their Samsung phone or their HTC phone or their whatever. Um, that being said, when someone's in a carrier store and they're they're on the floor level and like you know we talked we you know people who work uh, at the phone selling level they're like oh there's this phone here's the new samsung phone it's really high end well i like this i like the big screen but uh it's a little bit too expensive for me and they're like what what's that nexus phone it's like oh that's the good android phone it's like doesn't have the dumb features it's like the clean you know it's a little bit it's for the it's for the person who kind of pays attention to their phone tech who isn't coming in you know um but they've never really pushed – I don't think it's been a problem that they haven't gone into the mass market. Nex- Nexus has never been designed to be a mass market phone, uh, which is why I think it makes perfect sense for someone like BlackBerry to do this because if, if you're going to make a phone every year that only sells like one to three million
0: units, it might as well be a Nexus device. Oh, man. I cannot wait. I cannot wait until you give me hundred dollars. It's going to be so. Well, at what point? It's going at what to be point like would I? The most cause, satisfying hundred dollars. Never.
1: So, at what point do we just? Well, decide? okay, fine.
0: Let's. You, let, we, I mean, we have to set a date because obviously, yeah. like, never could go on until both of us well, die.
1: One of the two companies we just mentioned goes out of business or gets out of handset manufacturing. <laughs> um,
0: <laughs> Which one's more likely to go out of business first, uh, Douglas? Google. Yeah. For, uh, for
1: sure. Evan Hindra said, um, Three years is a long time." Tron. Some competitor will surely beat Blackberry to the punch. Samsung's contribution to secure partition in uh, ASOP, AOSP, is somewhat substantial. But yeah, like, but what does Samsung care now about making Nexus devices? I think what what I'm saying is, like, structurally, there is... Of all the OEMs who would want an incentive to make Nexus devices, like, there's a reason why Huawei is now coming into the fore and all the previous manufacturers who have made Nexus devices... Where they didn't sell a lot, and then their flagship devices, which didn't sell, and they're losing money on Android, might not necessarily be big up to do another one. Whereas for someone like uh, Huawei, where they have like it's an opportunity for them to enter a market, or BlackBerry, it's an opportunity for them to um, do something on the device side. And maybe like, what if like, wouldn't it be a great narrative for Black for uh, Google to say, hey, the next Nexus devices are just built for enterprise? At a yeah, reduced price, so, and they they sell a boatload because cause BlackBerry can do like a very solid, like the problem has always been the software. It's always been the OS,
0: like for no, not 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 now. I mean, it's. I mean, I have I have no doubt that the next you know whatever whatever BlackBerry puts out, even if it's one of those. I mean, okay, so let, let's go so back. So software to plus and then world. like the,
1: the lack of app ecosystem because
0: of the BlackBerry 10 platform, right? Sure. I mean, BlackBerry 10, I've argued, is a great platform that was just never used because developers don't want a fourth platform. They so don't want a third platform so That's They don't want a third platform, and we'll talk about that very soon. But I think it's safe to say that BlackBerry should and is probably experimenting with Android. You know, it's if it doesn't i think john chen's one of those guys who just looks at an opportunity and goes fuck it let's try this if it doesn't work we'll go into the next one like he's he's using the lean methodology yeah. to run a a huge totally. company except the company is not really huge anymore it's worth like 3 billion dollars but still i mean it's a very large business with a lot of moving parts and he's basically saying okay i'm literally willing to try anything to make a buck and if it means moving to android and using QNIX for everything other than our smartphones mm-hmm. we'll do it yeah because qunix is a valuable asset that will perpetuate its value forever because it's never going away it's always going to be there it's always going to be run in like nuclear submarines and other things y- yeah but, but as as you know, we've
1: as i've pointed out recently with the iot stuff a lot of the, the a lot of this devices running Linux can't necessarily be updated to be IoT connected and smart, right? So that that install sure. base isn't um, an actionable install base. But I think you're right about Chen. Like these these small little bets, these incremental little gains. Like he's trying to generate revenue anywhere he can while trimming overhead and costs to get the company back to growth and profitability. Um, so using partnering with Google on Android for Work and then having a more sustained uh, Bez twelve relationship, they're leveraging Google's strength and distribution to sell more uh, software licenses, which just bring in revenue. Like it, that's great for them. I'm saying, you know, they, they, I could see them taking it one step farther. The one, the one drawback to this little prediction of mine that really hurts them is that BlackBerry's gotten so far out of the the, the manufacturing process. Like they've been looking like Foxconn's been making their devices, right, beyond the initial design. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not really sure how the um uh nexus devices are manufactured if they're manufactured by the like the OEM straight up or if Google even plays a role in that but as as BlackBerry's kind of got gotten fully out of the the full stack kind of production of a piece of hardware like would Google want BlackBerry making the next nexus device that's
0: manufactured by Foxconn well okay so i don't think BlackBerry has entirely gotten out of the hardware business. For example, the, I learned this after the fact. That the BlackBerry Leap is actually manufactured in Mexico. Mm. It's still manufactured in BlackBerry's facilities. It was only... Uh, it was designed in... Sorry, no, no, no I'm, I'm totally wrong. I'm talking about the, the uh, Z3. Um, the BlackBerry Leap was designed in-house. Yeah, so I so the Passport I said, and so was the Classic. Right, so I said in my review initially after hearing from the from somebody at BlackBerry in Mobile World Congress that it was designed and built by an ODM, not Foxconn, it was another one, but apparently that's not the case. It was designed in-house, and everything except the manufacturing was done at uh, BlackBerry's uh, Canadian headquarters. Mm. The problem, and this is, I mean... Apple does this, right? Apple doesn't create its own devices. They don't own any manufacturing facilities. They use Foxconn just like BlackBerry is. It's that BlackBerry's entered into a relationship with Foxconn where they'll say, okay, the Z4, the whatever cheap and cheerful smartphone running BlackBerry 10 that may sell a couple hundred thousand units but make us a decent profit mm-hmm. margin, we'll let you do that because really there's no there's no benefit to us in doing that anymore. Yeah, you
1: source all the parts and you... Like, but there's a difference. between apple being like we're going to use your scaling to produce this thing that you have specially built facilities for to produce our devices and our source components and um blackberry going with a (laughs) like a cad file or whatever you use to like the phone design and then foxconn figuring it out and uh i can't remember what was the was it the not the passport but it was the classic was was it the classic manufacturer? I just heard a lot of scuttlebutt this time last year that BlackBerry was really pissed because the um, the term I can't remember the term, but the basically the manufacturing rate, the like of a, a hundred of a hundred devices made, how many are defective coming off the line?
0: Um, oh yeah, there was a ton of them.
1: Yeah, it was it was really really bad, like more so. But you know, also the device was like rushed to be like chen needed to generate some revenue in the quarter so you you make things happen right um and i i think you'll see probably things being a little bit more stable a little bit more long term um but yeah like why not why not blackberry better better than
0: better than um why not blackberry is is like the lamest and probably most apropos slogan blackberry could have it's like Come on guys, why not yeah, us but, like we're we're doing good over but, here. Okay,
1: so that was wasn't that the uh the Atlanta Hawks or the Washington Wizards playoff? Like, why not us? <laughs> um But I've just given you all the reasons as to why. So, but I haven't heard a good reason as to why it shouldn't be them. You know, like or, or why because, it should be any other Android manufacturer over them.
0: Well Because Blackberry has said outright that it doesn't know what it's doing with this hardware future. Now, yeah, but that was really tied to BlackBerry so,
1: 10 though, wasn't it? Like BlackBerry 10's dead. Whatever it whatever
0: is, it's I mean it's not dead. It'll it'll continue to live on in a couple more devices this year, uh, whether they'll bring it into 2016, 2017. I just I I mean I think BlackBerry 10 is a great enterprise o, uh, OS. I don't think that BlackBerry 10 will will die. I just think that they need to take the messaging away from the like the average smartphone buyer because to most people the smart the the two devices that you choose between are the Samsung Galaxy S whatever and the iPhone whatever, right? When you when you enter a carrier store, it's not like we're discounting BlackBerry and, you know, considering all the other Android OEMs. Mm-hmm. Like most of the and other Android OEMs don't even enter the picture, you know, with the average smartphone buyer. And then the more savvy ones, they know LG, they know HTC, you know, they may want a Nokia uh, they may want a, a Windows phone, um, you know, they may look at the Alcatel one touch and go, "Oh, that's pretty cool. I'll, I'll try that." But like, oh, well, this is by we and large.: about, we
1: got into this argument about brand recognition before well, I will still argue that the average North American
0: knows BlackBerry before they know HTC. No, the average, the average, okay. the average BlackBerry is, is certainly more recognizable. I'm not, talking about,
1: I'm not even talking about d- device recognition or market penetration. I'm just brand recognition. BlackBerry as a brand is far more recognizable in North America
0: than HTC. Right, but how is that a benefit? So you, you've brought this up again and again, how BlackBerry is more uh, – the, the brand is more recognizable. But when, when it has inherently negative associations – for a lot of people. Because, or, because it or, wouldn't
1: be, hey, BlackBerry finally made an Android phone. Oh, I can get an Android phone and it's not running BlackBerry 10 and I can get Android apps? Like, it's because the, the awareness leads to, whereas HTC is fighting to stand out against Samsung? Like, there has been negative connotation in the past, but it, there is awareness of that brand. And there, I would still say there would be a legacy uh, affinity for it.
0: Okay, I recognize Tang. I'll use Tang as an example. When I go to the the grocery store, I fucking look at Tang and go, wow, my childhood was really, really full of sugar. But I will never buy Tang ever again. And my kids will not drink Tang because I know how bad it was for me. Right? It's the same idea. You know, BlackBerry, just because you recognize a brand, does not mean that people are going to buy it. There is a Delta between brand recognition, there's a huge gap between brand recognition and brand solidarity. It's, called, it's actually and called people brand people make feel nostalgic. Yeah,
1: I know, I know what you're but talking th- about. I'm just saying that it would be a way for BlackBerry to leverage its brand. I'm, I, I'm just saying that it's, it's hard for an Android OEM to stand up. We've been talking a lot recently about should BlackBerry make an Android phone. I'm saying if they were ever to make an Android phone, man, would it be awesome if they made a Nexus. That's the one where it makes like, the most sense. Because I don't want to see, like, I want to see stock Android on a BlackBerry. I don't want to see a version of BlackBerry Ten Android. You know?
0: Yeah, and I, I, I totally get that. I do. Joel's
1: asking if uh, BB does go Android. Will the update? Will they update the BB Ten devices? To Android does not work that way.
0: Um, it would be. I mean, yeah, I don't think it would. I don't think it would work that way. But I think technically, it may be possible. But
1: like at a you know? firmware level, like I like just booting up, I do not think it it, it wouldn't be no, no, no. I mean, you like it'd be, it you be could far probably... more likely that like if they made an uh, an uh, Android device and signed on that agreement, then they get access to Google services. Um, they sign a Google services agreement, and then you might see um, Google services on BB Ten or the Google Play Store, but they it wouldn't they wouldn't update to Android. That like that's a that's a technical infeasibility and a, a total headache nightmare. It'd be more important for them to just be able to run Android apps right from the Google Play Store and have Google services or not be denied yeah. Google services, you know?
0: I mean, Google services is really the, um, you know, the raison d'etre for building an Android phone mm-hmm. for BlackBerry. You know, they know yeah. they know that that is the, the biggest barrier to adoption for the kind of user that you that goes after an Android phone, right, so I, I totally acknowledge that buying an Android Blackberry could yield a really good experience and that it may actually convert a lot of the older nostalgic Blackberry users to you know new supporters. but Samsung is so far ahead and and i 'm going to use this as a, an example because this week. HTC came out with its recent quarterly earnings. Mm-hmm. It, this is HTC. I mean, this is this is the BlackBerry of Android, right? If you're talking about nostalgia, you're talking about a company that was worth, you know, $30 billion in 2011. A company that was far, by far and away the most popular Android OEM for two years. No, the BlackBerry right? of it Android was the, is Motorola, but I hear what you're saying. Uh, okay, fine. But let me just use HTC as an example here because they were the first Android manufacturer... They had a huge and and very close relationship with Google. They largely uh, defined Android in its early days and have fallen off a cliff, both from a sales perspective and a stock perspective. The company is really just losing everything, and they're putting all their chips in so-called mid-range smartphones and virtual reality, right? Like, the HTC Vive... I've seen it. It's a really cool product, but it's not going to save them, right? So whether or not HTC survives is going to be based on the strength of its smartphone portfolio. And I just don't see that recovering anytime soon, right? Ron Amadio from Ars Technica has a great write-up. If you haven't seen it, we'll put it in the show notes Mm -hmm. about how HTC has really struggled to regain any footing since its last four profitable quarters. And he blames a lot of it, rightfully so, on the One M9. And, you know, some blame can be put on Qualcomm and the Snapdragon 810 overheating. But most of it just is about HTC not iterating where it had an opportunity. It didn't revolutionize anything. It replaced a bad camera with a bad camera. It kept the design largely the same over three years. And it just didn't entice people the way that the Galaxy S6 enticed people. And, you know, we say that, okay, fine, the Galaxy S5... Was a disappointment compared to the four, but Samsung had the momentum that HTC never had, right? Even selling, you know, just twenty million units of the Galaxy S5, people were like, "Okay, it's a disappointment, but it's twenty million units. Yeah. That's objectively a lot of yeah, dough." It'd be,
1: it'd be a win for HTC. Yeah, no, I get that, and and that's that's why. Like, if it doesn't make sense for any of these major manufacturers, major Android OEMs, like if they if they've if they've um, been Stung by the Nexus um, scorpion tail before, and like Motorola doing it most recently, probably because they are shout um, out Dorn. Yeah, (laughs) Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) If 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 Motorola most recently did it, just because they had previously been owned by Google. If there was ever a company that could do something like this, has really like, BlackBerry's never going to be a Samsung. They're never going to be an Apple. They're never going to be a Google. The, the, that time in which they were competing at a consumer electronics level to be a heavy uh, a global Titan in that way is done they're an enterprise services um, an IOT uh, company now that can still make hardware so if they were able to make like the stock Nexus device that's that's really compelling um, or and or more compelling than for any of the other OEMs who are just struggling how to how to figure out how to make money off of Android, right? Because BlackBerry wouldn't make money off of Android. They make money off their services. Um, Ali asked a question. What do you guys think about BlackBerry 10 with Google services? Uh, I've written about this before. Never going to happen. Um, first of all, Google, ha- Not officially, Go- at least. Google has no um, incentive to bring Google services to BlackBerry 10. And the way that Android works is if you want Google services, you, you sign up as an Android OEM and you don't fork that stuff. Um, there, as I've written before on the site, there was a tentative agreement back in the day, um, where BlackBerry would essentially give up, uh, and add the Google Play store in exchange for getting, um, access to, uh, Google services, which would be like kind of a requirement for the Google Play store to really run. Um, but it never worked out. And then BlackBerry eventually kind of made the same deal with the Amazon app store, um, so the likelihood of BlackBerry 10 ever having Google services is like, you know, it, it it might be a nice get for BlackBerry if they were like the Nexus manufacturer, but don't expect it. You know, like hey, you can't under- underestimate how epically pissed Google was that BlackBerry started um, running Android apps on BlackBerry 10 without being a like even forking Android or being a. An Android uh, manufacturer, like they were really pissed off, and the the negative relationship between BlackBerry and Google goes back to like Gmail days, like Gmail integration in like BlackBerry Six and BlackBerry Five, um, back when Google was mostly Gmail and search. Um, yeah. So the fact that they're even working together on Android for work, and uh, the the is uh, what is it like the enterprise suite? is just a sign of
0: of like a new relationship so you know and and one that you know is to be encouraged right because we i think you know the 2012 2013 2014 a lot of a lot of those years was defined by animosity between the uh, big mm-hmm. tech players you know Microsoft tried to cordon off its own slice of the pie and they tried to do everything their own way it didn't work BlackBerry tried to build up BlackBerry 10 it didn't work. They brought on Amazon. It still didn't work. Google really went it alone, um, tried to build up Android. It freaking worked. Gangbusters. It's yep. done really well for them. But at the same time, how much money are they actually making from Android? How much money are they making from mobile search? Apple is Apple, right? Apple's, the, they've just gone in one direction, and that's just up, yeah. right? Hockey stick growth. Margins, yeah. So, you know, Apple's really the only company that can say they've, outright won the smartphone wars of the last three years samsung has made a boatload of money from their hardware but they've been struggling to build up the surrounding platform you know without relying or overly relying on on google right so the one remaining tension is will samsung give up the ghost and try to just Except that it won't be a, a software platform menu, uh, a provider i don't
1: I don't think that I don't think if if Sony has still not learned the lesson of what it's good at, I don't see Samsung doing it any anytime soon and it's it's the type of thing where like Samsung to get to climb the the wheel to to sit <laughs> to sit on the throne, the iron throne, you gotta get higher up the stack. And for Samsung, they have the hardware stack down, but they don't have the platform stack. They're, they're building on someone else's platform, so that platform wins. There will right. be, inherently be that tension. The the animosity that you were just describing was at a time when mobile was a land grab. Nobody owned anything, and now it's settled. There's consolidation, which leads to greater partnership. It's a natural evolution. Um, you can You'll probably see all these people in mobile participating with each other until IoT and VR becomes a problem, and then you're going to have, like, Google fighting Sony fighting Facebook like fighting Microsoft um this it, it, it's a it's not a it's not a wheel so much as a cylinder um mm-hmm. or uh what's a DNA strand what's a helix helix um
0: ribonucleic acid yeah. so deoxy
1: I I apologize to anyone who can hear my upstairs neighbor who is um I guess by definition a saxophone player
0: but um He's actually just like killing. Quantitatively, raccoons. yeah,
1: it's just, oh,
0: yeah. Um. So, what do you want to talk about? There, well, there's a couple. We've of, potted
1: for an hour on two subjects, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, I love badass. I love these kinds of things. But let's let's talk a little bit about talk um, maybe about
1: uh, I, iOS nine. Like, if we talk about uh, Google, uh, we have to talk about Microsoft, right? Maybe you, you want to save the iOS stuff until you've tried the newest version of the beta and just talk about Microsoft.
0: No, I mean I'll I'll talk for like forty seconds. Okay. Like I, iOS nine, don't download it on your main device. Big improvements on iPad, mediocre improvements on iPhone. I like the font changes. I like the integration with search on the home screen. I would have liked to see uh, a bit of a redesign on the home screen as well. Acknowledgement that people actually want to personalize their devices. Um, shout out to I Tom think, Yeah, shout out to TM or TE. Shit. Um I think that there's there's a lot that Apple could do with iOS 9 that they didn't and I think that it's just part of their conservatism. Um but I think that if you're if you love iOS this is just going to make you love it even more because this is the first this is the first release. I mean iOS was like iOS 8 was just a glimpse of this, but this is the first release that it really feels like Apple is creating a desktop class. Operating system for the mobile ecosystem for the mobile world, right? There's real, and I, I'm I, okay. I know I'm going to get slammed for this, but I don't believe that Samsung taking Android and cludging it and then forcing it to be a multitask friendly OS is the same thing, because Android hasn't really been uh, designed for two apps to be open at the same time, multi-window on samsung devices works okay but it's not nearly as seamless as uh it is on ios 9 on on the ipad yeah
1: but android's like google's also been really good about future-proofing android and like replacing its runtime and 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 doing that stuff right like i think you know what what these platforms can do and can become can can really evolve over time um i would say i think you're totally on point i would say iOS nine not intended to be really anything new. Like they like they straight up said that this is going to be like a house cleaning, probably for iOS ten to be a big deal and maybe a, a better merger of the like or a further merger of the desktop and and tablet and and watch OSs. Um, but yeah, having have your having your current phone run better is pretty cool. It's a pretty new yep. experience for an iPhone user. Um, and at the end of the day, like. Uh, I'm pretty happy with what phones do. Uh, having them be able to do it longer and better. Like, my concern is still making my phone work better with my laptop, with my smartwatch, with my VR headset, right? Like phones, mm-hmm. phones are phones. We figured phones out, um, and it's all. Well, we've a- had nine years. Yeah. Well, we've had like twenty years. Shout out, shout out Nokia, the original, Motorola, original, BlackBerry.
0: Yeah, let's 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 pour one out for for Nokia, man. Like, I'm not a booze coffee, but I will
1: I will pour one out for the twenty thousand people that have been.
0: I'm just gonna drink it. Yeah. I'm gonna pour it out in my mouth. Yeah, I'm
1: like yeah, be pouring onto my flora. That's ridiculous.
0: Um, yeah, so let's talk about this because seventy eight hundred layoffs, um, seven point six billion dollar write down of the Nokia Devices and Services division. We sort of knew it was coming i mean i don't i mean the fact that there wasn't a high-end nokia or lumia flagship released in the last year really spoke to Mm -hmm. microsoft's just insecurity around windows phone obviously we're having you know we get windows 10 mobile i'm i just installed the latest let me just see if it's updated i've installed the latest preview on my um 830 so like it's working pretty well it looks good the last it runs time we, well. we
1: talked about this though you said it was really bad
0: oh no, no, no. that's that was like the first preview okay. this is way 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 faster like everything here is looking really good um it's just a matter of like does it does it matter you know is is does microsoft even care about windows phone anymore is it is it something that people are going to look back on and go oh man i wish windows phone had worked out because you know the palm pre that was a really good device oh wait i'm confusing the two dead platforms that nobody's going to care about yeah because like really i mean i look back on this and i go you know palm os like or uh you know the pre was web, uh, web OS. os was a great operating system it no, worked really no, it well wasn't.
1: no it wasn't you know why because it wasn't an operating system it was it was it was a great visual design demonstration but it never became an os because no one used it it never had any apps like it didn't actually function
0: um okay so windows phone got a bit further than that but i mean by and large it didn't really it still doesn't have any apps yeah you know
1: so i i the harry mccracken who you should follow on on twitter i think was the person who said this in that uh, what's happening with Windows Phone right now isn't necessarily um, Microsoft's admission that it was a failed strategy so much as them halting a strategy in midstream. They're just cutting bait, right?
0: Yeah, and they're resetting.
1: The, the sadness comes from the fact that there's a giant... The, first of all, like, hey, Windows Phone could have been really cool. Maybe we would have wanted it. Although it's, it's, you know, tough to be that fourth or third. Like, they were just late. That's what happens in, in platform wars. If you're too late, you lose. Um. So they're 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 cutting bait on that, but there's a human cost in like what was it? we were like twenty five thousand people in the past. uh Two year? years. Yeah, and predominantly well, they laid off
0: fifteen thousand last October.
1: Yeah, almost all of them eighteen thousand significant amount being people brought over from Nokia. So Nokia died for no reason. Um, we were just just bought, transferred over, and then ripped apart. Thanks. Um. And you have this scenario now where, like, what's, what's the big deal of uh, – if, if Microsoft is killing their devices division, their mobile devices division, what's the big deal of Windows 10 working, you know, desktop, tablet, everything in mobile if, if they're not making mobile hardware? Because I think, as you pointed out, the vast majority of – actually, let me, let me bring up the stats here um, – 90, 97% of the Windows Phone market share is Lumia. Yeah. And I, I feel like every other Windows Phone OEM did it on a dare or like a drunken thing that was signed. So, like, what's the point of having building a, a platform like Windows 10 that can work on any screen if you're not making the screens? So, wow, man, we haven't heard from... Is Jeff Brassard alive? Like, do we know that he's...
0: How is he taking this? You, you commented the last episode.
1: Yeah, but that was that was before <laughs> Microsoft oh, laid before, off another eight thousand people. Um, so yeah, I know the Verge wrote a lot about like, did Microsoft just kill Windows Phone? But this is just this is, I don't know how many shoes are on these feet, but it's it's definitely the, at least the second shoe to drop.
0: Look, I I think that it's it's safe to say, and, and like let's let's not get. Like let's not go overboard. Windows Phone, Windows Phone is dead, but Windows Ten Mobile is certainly not, and that's the new name. And I think what happened was they figured out that they could build a single OS and iterate uh, on multiple screen sizes, right? So they have instead of under you know under two different divisions create two different OSs with the same kernel, they have a single OS that scales just like a responsive web design. You know we don't have. Three different um, versions of mobile syrup for, you know, the web for, tablet and for mobile. We have a single design that just scales properly.
1: Yeah, but who's gonna make the screen? Like, who's gonna make like what? What small screen is Windows 10 gonna run on if, if Microsoft isn't making it?
0: They are. I mean, they've promised Lumia devices for later this year. I certainly don't think that no Lumia devices will be released in the future. I think that they're cert- They're they're making. They're consolidating. They're they're making their business run more efficiently. And unfortunately, that is the reality of...
1: I, I don't see... The, with the cuts that they're making, I don't see them really having more than, like... Uh, where are you seeing that Microsoft isn't making any more phones? There are probably just six devices on the way, says Joel Rushworth. Where do you see that Microsoft... They are. They're, no, no,
0: no. We're, we're not saying that they're not making more phones. Don't worry. They are making more phones. I, I think...
1: Yeah, we're, we're tying together the fact that they're laying off all the people in these divisions. Like, at a certain, at a certain point, you need people, like, these are the teams who are, who are supposed to be making the devices. So maybe it's a one device a year, like a, like a kind of a Surface scenario. Yeah, a um, Surface
0: phone. And a lot of people are saying that this is kind of what's going to happen, is that Microsoft's going to release maybe a Surface a bit a small surface tablet a big surface tablet like a pro and then do maybe a couple of Lumia phones the thing is and tom tom warren from the verge he's he talked about this on uh on on twitter the other day with um uh mark Thurrott and mary jo foley i want to say mary i i i i'm butchering her name but they were having a conversation and i was i was looking at this and i was going you know he tom was saying that it would be a it would be a shame for Microsoft to just make a couple of devices per year because they'd be missing out on all these potential markets and people were saying well Apple does that successfully you know why why is it not okay for Microsoft to do the same thing but I think that Apple does this successfully because they've never tried to be a low margin smartphone player they yeah. never they've never apologized for charging five hundred dollars for their smartphones yeah. You know, the the most the, the highest selling Windows Phone is the Lumia 520, which is, mm-hmm. or the 530 or the 535. They're 150 dollar smartphones. They're not expensive, right? So it's a different scenario here. There are there is a market for high end Lumias. Mary Joe Foley. Mary Joe Foley. Thank
1: Paul you. Paul Thoreau.
0: Mark Thoreau. I said right.
1: Yeah, Joel Russworth holding it down for us. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Um, but, yeah, no, so you're right. Like, and it's, you know, having, you know, access to certain mar- – like, you need to convince people why they would w- be interested in the first place before you have, you know, all the different color variants and got to catch them all Pokemon style. Um, and Microsoft has proven, for the most part, that it can make hardware. Like, the Surface tablets, from a hardware perspective, are really well made. The Xbox division, although it's a completely separate part of the company – well made hardware like Microsoft has shown that it can make hardware um it's it's always been the software or the or the platform as a whole and its strength so if they can make one phone that everyone wants to use and it has all those Windows ten apps running on it, that might be something but yeah, man did they just like you know they they believe in in mobile everywhere, but everywhere doesn't have to necessarily be. Windows 10. It's just yeah, it's a well, it's a pretty big cutback.
0: The other that. thing that we're not talking about that we should is that Hololens is win, running on Windows 10 as well. Mm-hmm. So we have this very ambitious strategy where Microsoft's creating a single operating system. You know, for all intents and purposes, it's the same operating system that it's going to be running on multiple screens, and that is is the smartphone really the screen that Microsoft needs to focus on? You know, they have now a huge penetration of its services and software on iOS and Android they just bought sunrise wonderlist and accompli mm-hmm. so they've rolled out you know productivity calendar and um and email right mm-hmm. they have a pretty good selection of pro- productivity apps with their office suite on iOS and Android not to mention they've just released mac uh, office 2016 for mac they have uh, a great version of it available for Windows 10 as well. You know, there are so many things that Microsoft is doing right. Yeah. You know, do they really need to have yes. a presence on Windows Phone itself? Uh, I don't, I don't there
1: know. Needs to be, there needs to be a phone checkbox. It's, it's too much of a everyone has a phone. Like, they, they need to be
0: there. I, I um, don't think they do. I really don't. I think they need to, they need to understand where their strengths are. And they don't, they don't need to have Windows Phone anymore. But they're, I mean, well,
1: whatever Windows like Windows Ten phone or whatever they Windows Ten Mobile. But I mean, it's going to
0: happen, right? It's going to happen. Um, And obviously, it's a different situation than iOS. They're still offering Windows Ten Mobile to OEMs, so we may see, you know, who. Who knows what we'll see. We'll see maybe Samsung and HTC release a Windows 10 mobile device this year or next year. Yeah, but
1: again, no one's going to care about those devices. Like, the carriers sell those devices, and the carriers need to care, right? Um, We're not
0: saying that Lumia is never—I mean, Microsoft is going to release more Lumia phones. There's no—this isn't a question of whether they're going to release more. It's about how many more they release and how many per year and whether or not they can compete in the high end. Right. Those high margin phones that make these companies profit or are they willing to take a loss on each phone in order to just perpetuate the idea that Microsoft is still in the mobile ecosystem? Because let's let's look at Sony. Right. Let's look at what they said last week. The head of Sony's mobile division said we are never going to get out of the mobile phone industry and it's not because they're making money off the phones, but because the phone is the center of our world. Because yep. we use phones as a way to connect to IoT, to video game consoles, to your you know, connected light bulbs, your Nest Cams, your, um, you know, your smartwatch, whatever Sony is making money on in other areas, that is all funneled through the smartphone. And to me, that's, that's important to, for them to have that it's important for them to have that. They probably are going to lose money, and therefore shouldn't keep doing it because they're going to continue writing off billions and billions of dollars no, worth of inventory. Do it. Just
1: do it in a totally different way than you've been doing it, Sony. Like wake up and smell the coffee, and and do it in a way like quit releasing six versions. Like quit undercutting the release of your next phone with the, the new stuff. Like. Market the hell out of it. When was the last time you saw a Sony phone ad on TV?
0: They I, need a why, next big thing. Why do you ad. need the Sony phone ad on TV?
1: So when mom goes into the carrier and asks about it, they can ask about the phone. That's why people. That's why people buy Samsung phones, other than the fact that they're good. People or sorry. People buy Samsung phones because LeBron James advertises them, and they have huge market presence, and people are aware of Samsung phones. People like Samsung phones because they're well made no one even who even knows that sony makes smartphones
0: what are you talking about Un- until this year samsung made squishy gross plastic phones that people bought in in droves Sam- sony has always made a better phone than samsung the lumia line has always been better made than yeah, samsung
1: you need people buying them to like them people people do not go into rogers bell telus at&t t-mobile being like hey I want that Sony phone that I saw that hilarious Paul Rudd commercial about. They just don't say that.
0: Well, I, I don't know what to tell you because HTC tried the TV, you know, route. They hired Robert Downey Jr. They got him on a bunch of mm-hmm. crazy commercials, and that didn't do anything. No, well, cool, because so you know, they didn't make more. any
1: sense. They weren't about the like the first of all, they weren't well executed. They weren't. They weren't. The but I'm
0: saying like the difference between a good and bad ad is not going to sell. You're not going to sell millions more units because of a good, or because no, of a bad but, ad. No, but
1: there's a difference between a well-executed ad that's everywhere and is reinforced year after year after year, like Samsung did with the next big thing and the Apple lineups and showing how their phone was better than the iPhone and iPhone people waiting in line for something that they already have is dumb.
0: It's like, a it multifaceted takes, approach.
1: It's yeah, it takes time to build mindshare. One Robert Downey Jr. ad or like. You know six months that's like every time Blackberry announced like, oh, we're gonna go big with this Super Bowl ad and it's it's one ad during the Super Bowl that then disappears for a phone that hasn't even been announced like they couldn't even announce what u s carriers like it doesn't like it has to there's uh there's network effects to this type of thing
0: sure, but we're also talking about an industry that is super fickle and doesn't understand often their customers. So, yeah, Samsung, you know, did a great job advertising its Samsung brand with the next big thing and the Apple lineups and whatever. But it also, you know, undercut a lot of its own value by releasing bad phones, you know? Yep. So it's it's clean that up. It's Samsung is slowly learning. Oh, they're, they're totally slowly learning. But I mean, we're talking about we're not talking about Samsung here. We're talking about the we're talking about everybody else. Yeah, um, you were talking about the companies that are struggling, the companies like HTC, like Microsoft, like Sony, that continue to flounder in the mobile space despite having great products. Yeah, hey, but
1: Ronnie, d- 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 you can learn a lot, but then sometimes you're not necessarily in a position to to change that. Like we talked about before, about like HTC's problems or Sony's problems with um, getting the right components to 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 be able to make that awesome camera right even though they know they need one or having the budget um and having the revenue because you're a huge company across multiple verticals to be able to like double down for four years on making people think of samsung more than android um so you know you can know what you need to do and not be able to execute it um it's it's and you know you're also fighting for you know Whatever the market share of iOS is right now globally, Apple makes every single phone.
0: They make every single phone and they sell it at a huge margin. The problem with Android is that there are so many players and some of them... I mean, look at OnePlus, right? Look at what happened with OnePlus 2. The fact that we are not writing about their bullshit piecemeal rollout. We're just one small Canadian site. Every single time OnePlus talks about their phone... Every Android site goes crazy about it and they write about their, you know, the the new spec. Yeah, and obviously but... I've been looking. The OnePlus 2 is being re- unveiled on July 27th. And, you know, that kind of guerrilla marketing is often more effective to a certain demographic than a Robert Downey Jr. ad or a Next Big Thing commercial, Well, right? the
1: returns, the t- returns way better.
0: Yeah, like... and all, yeah, it's returns are way better because they're spending no money. Yeah. And it just speaks to the fact that they are acutely aware of who's buying their phone.
1: Also, but also what they can do to influence that, right? If, 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 like, if OnePlus came out with like, like got a celebrity to do that, that would be the dumbest thing in the world. Usually celebrity endorsements in that way are dumb. Samsung generally does it in the way that actually delivers the most return. Um, and they also establish longer-term relationships with people over the course of many years to, to sync that up. Except um, that
0: how many of their celebrity endorsements have, you know, been sent from iPhone, right?
1: But 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 the broad populace never hears about that. That's something that happens on Twitter for two days, and it's because celebrities don't tweet themselves. It's some marketing manager at some agency that owns their social channels that's doing it. Like, that's that stuff happens all the time.
0: All right. I guess you're right. Well, you know, I... I can I just say I think this is probably our best podcast ever. Yeah, we went
1: we went hard on this podcast. I really like. I gotta enjoy. Say I enjoy people participating. I was really anxious to see what uh, what vagrants would join us in a Google Hangouts, but uh, pretty good contributions from everyone involved. For like, yeah, a last we just minute wanna addition.
0: say thank you to uh, Candido, Evan, Joel, Shariar. I just
1: called him Ali. We're really sorry, guys. We're not, yeah.
0: We're so white. We're just like the whitest people.
1: (laughs) Oh, my Uh, God. Yeah, well, that's one way of putting it. Um, I think I might write an editorial on why Blackberry should make the next Nexus.
0: You should definitely do that. You would be the most popular person of Oblacera.
1: It'll blow up up on on Reddit.
0: It would definitely blow up on Reddit in a good way. Yeah, in a good way. In a Um, don't get fired way. Anything what else, else did we have? Like we got, we got seven minutes left. What, what else did we have here? Uh, I actually don't want to talk about it. Anything else?
1: Oh, so explain in t- forty-five seconds why T-Mobile's roaming plan is awesome.
0: Okay, so T-Mobile came out with a new uh, all-in plan this week called Mobile Freedom, and basically, what it's about is you pay a single amount per month for um, a plan that will get unlimited calls, texts and a certain amount of data. You can spend 75 bucks a month and get unlimited data in the US, but it also rolls it also roams in Canada and mm-hmm. Mexico. And when you're in those countries you don't pay anything extra per day. Unlike Rogers roam like home where you pay $5 a day in the US and $10 a day in Europe, this is completely free as part of your monthly bill. And not only do you get to roam on LTE in those places in certain areas, but if you don't have LTE, you get 3G. They don't throttle you as long as you keep within your monthly bandwidth allotment. So, so, so instead of
1: signing up for a plan for the right to get access to a roaming scenario, which you then have to pay for, which is what kind of I had issue with a few weeks ago, they just say, "Hey, with this plan, you get the the dope hotness of roaming."
0: Right, and Wynn's doing that a little bit. With uh, their US roaming plan, but it's not quite as generous because it's only on 3G and you only get a gigabyte per month. But if this influences the Canadian market in any way, which probably won't, but you know, we can all hope uh, it'll have done its job. So that is T Mobile's new plan. Um, that is everything from the Syrupcast from this week. My name is Daniel Bader. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you joined us live, we really appreciate all the questions and comments. Please join us next week. We'll be doing this live every week from now on. Douglas, you're awesome. Have a five great weekend.
1: iTunes, high and you, Bader.
0: That's right, five stars. Um, shout, shout out Panem s- Games. <laughs> shout out to Dead Raccoon Tio because I don't know what just happened. And uh, everybody, uh, everybody's beautiful. Have a good one.